0: Hello and welcome to Learn to Love, a show where we talk all about things you can do to build a better, stronger relationship. Our team is powered by passionate volunteers looking to bring forward the best of what they know to help you stay together. Love is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Our podcast, articles, and videos feature insights from the latest research on relationship psychology, intimacy, conflict resolution, parenting, and more. You don't need to go in blind and make the same mistakes as those around you. Check us out on our brand new website at learnlove.ca or listen on our podcast, the Learn to Love Podcast. Thank you for joining us in our vision to create healthier relationships and stronger families. Hi guys, and welcome back to the show. We are super excited to be welcoming you to another episode of the Learn to Love podcast. Today, we're gonna be talking about something really interesting, really important, and really just not talked about enough in society today. It's something that I only really understood in my 20s, which after learning about it, I was super surprised that it wasn't talked about further before then and that is all about limits. Before we get into the show, some quick updates on our blog. We have a whole series of new blog posts that were just released on our website. That's learnlove.ca slash blog. You can see topics on stages of a relationship, vulnerability, and we have a new one, our soulmates made or found. These are all very in-depth blog posts. Some of them are 10 to 15 minutes in in the reading length range. We're gonna be posting shorts, short versions of those uh, if you just want a quick read, a summary. If you really wanna get into the details, you can check out those longer at more editorial style pieces. And also they're full of infographics. So we've worked really hard creating a number of infographics to support the content in those posts. We know there's a lot of visual learners out there um, and we also think infographics are great ways to just present content and easy to understand in simple ways to help summarize. So uh, that's what we did. Uh, if you're interested in checking that out, please go to our blog at learnlove.ca slash blog. We have a ton of great stuff on our website, a ton of tools that we're working on. We also have some open positions there if you wanna see. We also host all our... Um, podcast episodes there. You can catch them as well under our podcast page. And there's lots more about us and our mission and vision and how you can get involved. We have a number of ways you can get involved. So check that out, learnlove.ca. So now that you're with us, let's get right into the content of today's episode on limits. Before we get right in, I want to ask you a question. Pause the podcast right here and ask yourself, what do you know about limits? How do you apply limits in your life? And what do limits look like in your life? Is there anyone you know in your life that uses limits? When we say limits, like who do you think about and, and what does it look like when they apply them? All right, so pause right over here and think about those questions. All right, so if you just paused and you're getting back into the show, welcome back. I hope that thinking about the answers to those questions served as a bit of an introduction to get familiar. If you had nothing that you could think about, then we will introduce the topic for you. So what are limits? The first thing I thought of when I heard the word limits was speed limit. So we're driving on the road, it says maximum 60. A lot of people are going faster than that. I try to always go the limit. Although, you know, sometimes people say, why are you driving so slow? I don't know, I just think better to be safe than sorry, but I don't know how, how, you, how you go about that. Um, so I just think speed limit, like maximum 60 means don't go faster than 60. That's a limit, okay? We, we can't pass this limit. What makes it a limit is that it's very clear there's a very clear boundary between what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Okay, we have a number, that's the number. And we know how to apply it. So how can we apply the limit? Well, we can look at our speedometer and we can just try and ensure that we don't, we don't get there, okay? Another example of a limit that I thought about when I was first thinking about limits is a fence, a fence around a house. So like that's like a property limit. You can't pass this line. You know, once you pass it, it's trespassing, getting onto my neighbor's property. Um, So if you have a fence there, it's a really, really clear indication of what's allowed and what's not allowed. It's like in the ground. It's it's easy to see. It's easy to understand, and it's easy to respect. You know how to follow it. You can just stay on the other side of the fence, and you know that that's all you need to do. Now. Limits, when we apply them to people in their lives, it's a little bit more wishy-washy and vague. For example, what do limits look like in our own lives or between our friends or between our children and us in parenting, between coworkers? They're often not so clear cut like that fence or like that speed limit sign. Now, I want you to ask yourself, what makes a good limit? Like what what's a limit that you can think of that's that's really good. And what makes it good? What, what is a good example of a limit that you can think of in your life? It doesn't have to be related to you. It can be like something that you observe too. All right. So what did I, what did I think of? Let's go with that. Let me know what you thought of by sending us an email at contact at learnlove.ca. We'd love to hear what you thought Uh, about these questions. So like a good limit example that I thought of was buying alcohol in my province. So here where I live in Canada, where we're recording this in Toronto, there are very strict laws about buying alcohol in stores. So For example, you have to be 19 or older in our region of Canada to buy alcohol, and they're gonna check for ID uh, in, in a store to ensure that you are that age before they allow you to buy it. And often they even check you before you enter the store to make sure that you're the legal age to enter. Now, why is that a good limit? Because it's really clear. It's really well advertised that this is the limit. You know, you have to be this age. Everyone knows the drinking age here in the province. It's just... Very, very, very well advertised. It's very, very clear. It's not like some vague kind of wishy-washy idea of, you know, what is the age? Is it like, you know, maybe between 16 and 20? You know, I mean, maybe in some small towns. I don't want to comment on that though, but in, in the city, at least, it's very, very, very clear. You know, you have to be this age. And the other thing is it's consistently enforced. So you're never confused if you're a minor trying to buy alcohol in the city. You know that you're always gonna get the same answer, which is really actually helpful if you're a minor because you know what the answer is gonna be already. Like if sometimes people said sure and sometimes people said no, it would be really confusing and you wouldn't know what to do. Like you would be kind of stuck. You'd feel like maybe you're wasting your time if you... If you go, but also you'd like feel like trying because maybe it'll work out for you. What I'm trying to get at here is that it's really, really good when they are consistently enforced. It's the predictable. So to me, when I think what makes a good lemon, I think something that is predictable, something that is very clear, like the boundary is very clear, something that is well known, like it's advertised in in a sense, or or there's some sort of effort to help us understand what that is. Like it's very expensive to run a lot of advertising to enforce the drinking age or to train a lot of people on like a smart server or something like this to recognize it and to card people and how to read IDs. But because of that, it's just very clear. So what makes a good limit? So it's clear, it's consistent, um, and it's well advertised now these three these three principles clear consistent well advertised it applies also to things like a fence around a house, so the limit's very clear it, you know you can you can see it it's consistent, like you know that fence means that you shouldn't pass in any situation, and it's well advertised because it's kind of like common knowledge that you just know that a fence is the limit that you don't pass now if if any one of these things didn't exist, that clear, consistent, well-advertised, it would just be much harder to, to know what to do. And that principle holds true as well for limits concerning us and in our own life. It is so important that we all have limits. In 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson says that limits are just so important to defining who we are. By placing limits, we can kind of understand who we are and, and who we're not. And this is often what he says, uh, a very important practice in parenting is that children will often test their parents. They will look for the limit for when something is not okay. And they're always, they're always looking for that. They're looking for the limit because it helps them understand what's okay. So parents need to have very, very clear limits, also referred to as boundaries, as to what is okay for their children to do and not to do, to just help the child know what, what's acceptable. This is something that I picked up very quickly when I was a camp counselor, is that if you don't make limits clear, you can't blame or or expect young children to, to know what to do. So I would always like whenever we had an open play session and I was running the activity I would make colorful pylons and I would have my special helpers and I'd ask them to put the pylons in in different places at'd point like next to this tree next to this bush you know down here and then they'd be like good and I'd be like, yep that's great and then you know we'd all come back together and we'd say okay, you see these pylons this is our play area this is the border of our play area we play within the area if you need to go outside the area you come to a counselor first and then they're like perfect you know clear consistent that's that's what we need you know but unfortunately, a lot of camp counselors didn't actually pick this up, and they didn't understand the concept of of needing to make limits clear for children. They just kind of assumed that children would read their minds and know what they want, and then they'd often yell at the child, you know, which which I thought was very bad. But they'd often yell at the child if they broke the limit, the you know imaginary limit. So they'd say something like, you know, okay, guys, we're going to play in this area, but like, what is this area? Like, if you ask ten people what you mean by this area, and you don't define it. It's like very, very hard for someone to understand what you mean. And the thing is, I think when people say this, they don't even know what they mean. It's just like I'm I'm it's not like a lazy, but it's like I don't feel like doing the work to clearly, you know, discover what I mean. So I'm just gonna say this area. And then a child goes outside the area and then they get really mad and they yell at the child, Why did you go here? You know, I said that you shouldn't go here. That's not okay. You, you know, you you're disrespecting me. Nah, 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 nah. Which is, which is bad for both parties because now the counselor looks like a bad counselor in front of all the children and also their parents if the child says it to the parents, also to the camp staff, you know, to like the, the head staff, if the parents say, you know, why did your counselor talk to my child this way? It looks bad for the camp. It just looks bad for everyone, okay? That's also why at summer camp as counselors, we have to be really clear with our expectations, which is what we called them. We didn't call them rules, but expectations that we made together with the our children, like who, who we were appointed for, um, so that everyone had a clear idea of what was expected of them, and then we reinforced that through giving things like stickers to children who, when they when they behaved in accordance to those expectations, that positive reinforcement. Now, why, why am I bringing up this story here? Because it is very, very similar. It's actually pretty much almost like exactly the same as what we have to do in our relationships and in our own parenting. And also like with our peers and and with ourselves. We need to make limits with what's okay and what's not okay with our partners, with the way we think about ourselves, with the way we interact with our peers and coworkers and, and with everything in life. Now, when I first heard this, I was like really shocked by the idea because I honestly, before my twenties, I never thought about the idea of setting limits, like kind of like explicitly, like I always knew kind of like, yeah, you know, some things are not okay to do. I had my own, you know, things which I wouldn't do, which I didn't think are okay. But it wasn't as encompassing as what I'm encouraging you all to do today. And what what I have done and others on our team have done over the past couple years, through our learning and discovery. Now, what are examples of this kind of stuff? Well, we wanna set limits to tell others what is okay, like what they're allowed to do around us, okay? How vulnerable they should be with us, also for ourselves, how vulnerable we allow ourselves to be with others. We can also set limits on the things like how hurt we choose to be from things that people say to us, okay? How much devotion we give to people, we give to others, we give to tasks. We need to set boundaries so that we know where we start and where we end. Now, a lot of people actually don't set limits because they don't even know who they are, that's one thing. Or the other thing is they don't feel it's appropriate to be assertive, to tell others what they need from them and what's okay and what's not okay. Or, or this is another big one, they just assume that other people know what to do because they're like, oh, well, I would do it this way. So they would just do it this way too. But the thing is that it, it doesn't work like that. Just because we think to do something doesn't mean that another person would automatically think to do that too. We're all different and we're all unique, which is something we're, we're really pushing in this show. Everyone is different. Um, that's a really big thing that that was brought about in our, in our blog on, on stages of a relationship. And that's okay, that's exciting, that's beautiful. Like that people are so different and diverse makes it so exciting to get to know them. But because of this, we have to be really clear, almost like a blueprint on on how other people should be treating us. Now, we talked already a few times about Hold Me Tight by uh, Sue Johnson, a Canadian psychologist. One of the things she recommends in her book is that couples make a guide on like how they should be loved from the other. So for example, like let's say you have two partners, um, Sam and James, Sam would make uh, a, almost like like a workbook kind of thing, like a a blueprint or like or like a how to guide for the lover of Sam, and they'd give it to James, and, and James would make one for Sam, and they'd call it, you know, how to guide for the lover of James, so that Sam can learn what to do. Now we think like, oh, that's not natural, and like, okay, maybe at the beginning it's not natural, but you know, at the beginning. Very few things are natural when we have a lot of you know very strong sensations and feelings, like very strong hormones from from the initial interaction with a new lover. It's kind of like a roller coaster at the beginning as we explore it and the stages of a relationship episode. But after a while that that fades, and we need to get to know like what are we supposed to do? So we talked about the love languages. The love languages are like a really excellent way. To know how does your partner receive love, how does your partner want to receive love, how can you love your partner in the way that they most want to be loved? If you want to learn more about that, check out our uh, the five love languages: How do you share and receive love? Episode, um, or also check on our blog. We have we have that content on our blog too. But but after this, we need to go much deeper and think. What what is okay. And this is also so important because it helps us learn to value and love ourselves. So I want, I want you to think, and we, we explored this in um, a blog post, How to Protect Our Hearts the Smart Way. But I want you to think of like a jewelry box, okay? This is really, really important. So a, a jewelry box, you put a lock on it, and it kind of, and usually like, I don't know, maybe you hide it or, or you put it in a safe place. And like, if you have guests, you usually don't open the door to your jewelry box. So you don't leave your jewelry box open. Or like if you have someone that you're not so familiar with in the house, like it, it's something that you would kind of, you would keep safe, you know? Now, the, the thing is that you, you keep, why do you keep it safe? You, you're basically, you're putting a limit on who can touch it. Like you're putting a lock, you're putting, you're putting it in a box, you're putting it away. These are all kind of like limits boundaries kind of and you set a limit for yourself that, you know, if I have somebody that I'm not so acquainted with in the house, I, I'm not gonna let them access my jewelry box. And a lot of people also like their bedroom, like they don't let other people access their bedroom. Okay, like that. that's a good example of a limit. But with this jewelry box, I wanna ask you like, why do you choose to lock the box or why do you choose to take care of it? It's because it's valuable. This is such an important point, such, such, such an important point. When you believe something is valuable, you work hard to protect it and you make limits and boundaries over who can use it and and the kinds of things that can be done with it. Do you see where I'm going with this? If we set limits on what is okay for the way that we treat ourselves and we're very clear about this, we will feel that we are more valuable. And a lot of us don't feel valuable but maybe we don't feel valuable because we don't have those protections in place those those limits if you left all your jewelry out on the floor for anyone to take you wouldn't feel that it's valuable okay it's like it's like what comes first the chicken or the egg that you know it, if you feel something is valuable you're going to take an action to protect it but also guys it goes the other way around too if you take actions to protect something you're going to subconsciously eventually start believing that they're valuable because you need to come up with a way to justify your behavior if you keep doing it. So another way that we can feel more valuable is through building a fence, okay, on, on those on those parts of us that we want to to protect because because they're so valuable that we don't want to just share them with everyone. Okay? This is like you need to build a fence. To build a fence around a house, you have to first believe that the house has something of value, okay? We're not saying don't share anything that's valuable with others. We're just saying it's so important to think about how vulnerable you can be with someone else and and the kinds of how, how you treat other people. You have to think about this, what you share with other people. You have to think about all of this in advance to know what you wanna do when the situation actually arises Because if you don't think about it, you're gonna stumble and and you're not gonna know what to do in the situation. And you may end up sharing something that you don't wanna share, sharing too much or sharing too little and then regretting it afterwards. A lot of what we do in our life related to love and friendships isn't planned because we feel like it should just be natural and organic. But if we do plan for these things, guys, if we do plan, we can be better, okay? We can be better. Limits are also super, super helpful in protecting the way we feel about, about things that occur around us. So I wanna give you an example. Um, and this comes from the book, Stop Walking on Eggshells by Paul Mason and Randy Kreger, which is a really interesting book on conflict resolution that we're gonna explore in much more detail uh, in, in later episodes dedicated to it. But um, here, here's an example that they use in the book that I wanna share with you. Okay, so one partner, let's use, uh, I don't know, uh, Sam and James again, but you know, partner A, B, whatever you wanna use. Okay, so James tells Sam, I'm going out with my friends, I'll be home at 11. Sam then starts crying, saying, please don't leave me in the house, I'm so lonely without you, I feel like you don't even wanna spend time with me. Okay, so, what is James going to feel in this situation if 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 Sam tells him this, he may feel like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? Please don't leave me. I'm so lonely without you. It's like, what? I, I feel like I'm supposed to be a good partner. I want to be a good partner, but is this is this what I want to do? So what what happens in this situation? if there's no limit in place, James is going to say, Like, or what would you say? Pause the podcast right over here. If your partner said this to you, pause right here and think, how would you respond to that? All right, so welcome back. If you just paused, what would you say to that? So if you don't have clear limits in place, you're gonna say something like, well, at least I would say something like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. You know, please don't feel this way. I'm going to, uh, I'll stay home. But guys, this is awful. If you stay home, you're like ruining your relationship with your friends and you're gonna suffocate yourself. This relationship is going to fizzle out if every time you, you succumb to this and cut off your friends and everything else and everything else you value in your life to take care of this other person. We have a whole future episode dedicated to why we need to take care of ourselves to take care of others. But this is just an important point to drive now is that uh, when you're on an airplane and and the masks come down Um, If there's a change in air pressure in the cabin, you first put on your mask and then you help the person next to you with their mask. You have to take care of yourself before you are physically and emotionally capable of taking care of others. Yes, there are times where you can get a lot of reward from taking care of others, like volunteering, helping other people makes you feel good in many circumstances. That's fantastic. But in many situations, you have to first have like a minimum care that you take of yourself to be able to dedicate this energy and, and resources to this. Okay, we're gonna explore this later. Uh, okay, so that's, that's one example. They say, okay, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna go. Okay, but what's another example? Let's say, that James made a limit that he needs to have some time for himself and he needs to have some time with his friends. And you can do this too for yourself. Let's say you make a limit for yourself that I need to spend time alone with my friends like three times a week or once a week or twice a week. Okay. You have to, you can talk about, you can talk with your partner about this and, and just make it very clear from the beginning and, and have some compromise. Okay. If you, if, um, if you're, you're stuck, you should always work on compromising, but just make it clear from the beginning. So if he had this limit, he could say something like, I'm sorry you feel like I'm abandoning you. That must feel very painful. But I told you about this a week ago, and you could have made plans with your friends. I'm not abandoning you. I just need some time for myself and will come home again in a few hours, just like I always do. And then goes out with their friends. Isn't that so amazing? So in, in this example, James made limits uh, on how much they allow their partner or anyone else to impose what they want on them, okay? And then they very, very respectfully abided to their limit and they got they got what they want and their partner got the message, okay? You could have made plans with your friends, I told you in advance. If This is the kind of thing you discuss with your partner when you're first talking about your limits. Okay, so by by setting the limit, James is now satisfied that he got what he needs, okay? And yeah, maybe it hurts in the moment for, for Sam, who hears this news, but if it was set up already, and you know, it's like multiple times that this limit's been enforced, eventually they're gonna get the message and they're gonna stop complaining about it. Okay, and if they don't stop complaining about it, maybe there's a problem, a deeper problem, okay? There's there's a lot of tools available to work on deeper problems, most notable one being speaking to a therapist, which is outside the scope of this episode, but just something important to consider. It might be a trauma-related reaction, okay? but But this is just so important here. You have to set up limits. Another analogy you can think about on this is like, like um, two trees, okay? So like maybe when you come into a relationship, each of you are like a tree, okay? And, And you're trying to come close together. But guys, what happens if two trees get too close to each other? They suffocate each other, guys. If two trees get too close to each other, either one of them dies or both of them die or they both stop growing because there isn't enough resources in the soil around them and the roots are competing with each other too much. There needs to be limits, boundaries on what is okay and not okay in the relationship so that people can accept themselves, accept the other and just have some space, the space that they need to grow, just like a tree needs space to grow too and to place its roots. Now, everyone, needs to set limits on on everything, guys, everything. Like how much you allow others to make you feel. Let's say that you're giving a, a speech or you started a podcast or something. You need to in advance say like, okay, I know who I am. I am only gonna allow if, you know, if somebody says something to me like, you're so um, dumb and what you're saying doesn't matter. There, there are ways that you can go about this. So if you, you, know, you can set aside in advance, maybe I'm gonna get this kind of criticism in a conference. And this is something that I've prepared for also when, when speaking at conferences in the past. Um, if somebody tells something like this to me, I'm gonna know that based on my other experience, I'm a good worker, good you know this. It's not that I'm fundamentally a bad worker, but maybe there's something that I could do better in the work. And then, and then you set a limit, if, if I get this, I'm gonna come at it from a place of curiosity and understanding, which is hard at the beginning. But if you think about it in advance and you work on it, it's going to become your default, like your instinct, okay? We, our instincts are our habits, the things that we do often. If we do it often enough, where it's going to become a really good default thing to, to go to in the future. A lot of our habits and instincts, guys, are just things that are the most convenient as we've done growing up, like talking badly, I don't know, about someone to someone else if we don't like what they did. But this isn't a good habit. If you keep doing it, it's going to become further ingrained, and it's going to be even more and more your your instincts. But you don't want something like that to become your default, do you? That's why it's hard at the beginning. Remember a flywheel analogy, but once you start the process of changing your habits, uh, your instincts will change alongside with it. I mean, not your basic survival instincts, I would think like, you know, if you if you touch a hot stove, you're gonna flinch. I don't know how you'd practice not flinching if if you know you were in a situation like this, but I'm talking about like your your emotional instincts. Like how fast do you get angry, for example? How much emotion do you feel at the beginning? Versus like on the tenth time that it happens. Okay, we adapt to our surroundings, we adapt to our experiences and we learn as we apply you know, teachings to experiences as we grow. And guys, that's part of growing. Like growing is recognizing that something isn't working and learning how to do it better, okay? If we don't do that, we're not growing. And we, you know, it's just beautiful to grow. It, It makes life simpler. It makes love simpler and easier. So we talked so far about limits. So we said at the beginning that limits are best when they're clear, consistent, and like well advertised or well understood, okay? We then said that you need to set limits for everything, like what you think about yourself, how you let others influence you, and the role that your partner plays in your life. We then said that it's so important that you have limits to give yourself some space because two trees that come too close together, they will suffocate each other. You need to have your space. And then, we said also that children are always looking for limits in their parents. And, and we talked about experiences with children in summer camps and why it was so beneficial there. And, and you know it was beneficial there. So we need to take that with us and we can apply it to other aspects of ourselves. So what are some questions that you can think about to know where you set your limits? So I'm sure you already thought of a couple of things that you can put in place. But um, I want to go over some of those questions now, and then after this, we're going to talk about reasons in, in more detail—reasons why people don't feel comfortable asserting themselves and placing these limits. But um, why it's actually not selfish? It's really beneficial because you're making it easier for other people to love you. Okay, like if somebody you know wants to build a fence around their house, is it selfish to build a fence? Like, no, you know, it's their it's their house; they have to protect it. But it's actually beneficial because instead of yelling at somebody every time like you know a ball rolls onto their property or someone steps onto their property if they don't know guys it's not selfish you put it up the fence and it's just easy we're not saying hide everything from everyone we're just saying only show what you think you should be showing in that situation and think about it in advance so you can prepare yourself when the situation arises to to know what you want to show so you don't regret it later Okay, so let's get into the questions, questions you can ask yourself to help you better understand what your limits are. Now, these come from the book Stop Walking on Eggshells" by Paul Mason and Randy Krager. We're gonna have more episodes dedicated to their book. They are amazing at conflict resolution. Okay, so the first question is, drum roll please. <laughs> oh, no, okay, we're just joking. The first question is, What hurts, what hurts? Okay, I want you to think about this and I want you to pause the podcast and and think about the question. What are things that other people do that hurt you, that leave you feeling sad or alone or just angry or just like uncomfortable, okay, that you don't enjoy? Think about it, pause right over here, think about it. What hurts? All right, if you just paused, welcome back. What do we mean by this? So what hurts? If something hurts you, then you need to think about setting a limit around that thing so that it happens less likely in the future, okay? So I'll give you an example. Somebody can say, it hurts me when my partner, um, what's an example that I want to use? It hurts me when my partner um, compares me to my siblings. Okay? I feel like they often compare me to my siblings and it makes me feel just really uncomfortable. Okay, I don't like it. Like I don't think that's appropriate. I get that they think it's fine, but I don't really think it's appropriate. And it doesn't make me feel good. It hurts. Like I, I don't want to hear that. Okay. Like why why should we be talking about this? Okay, so so there's a limit. You you can when when you have your limits conversation, I don't recommend that you just out of the blue go to your partner and, and say, you know, here's my limits. Um I think I recommend that you you have a conversation where you say, Hey, I heard about this tool called limits from the Learn to Love podcast they say that it helps make relationships get even stronger. And I'd be really curious to learn about them with you. Would you be interested in having this kind of discussion with me? Okay, maybe your partner will be like, sure. And and they'll tell you when they want it. And then you can have the conversation then. But you can say something like, I feel hurt when we talk about my siblings. I feel hurt when I'm compared to them. And it would just make me feel special if this is something that we don't talk about, like if we just don't bring it up because it doesn't make me feel good okay like that that's a good example of a limit, or another limit is like um, we can use our original example from the book um like it hurts when I want to go out with my friends, and you say that you know i I should stay with you at home, okay. I need time to be with my friends. Let's agree on a time period that we can do together. That's okay. And you know, if if they're hesitant on this, you can talk about the analogy with the tree, okay? Guys, the whole point here is, is making our relationships easier, healthier, and stronger. That's what we're all about. And a relationship can always get stronger, okay? Remember, we're not perfect. We have to learn how to get better with time, which is why we have these conversations with our partner. Okay? Our next question to think about what hurts is, what feels good? Okay, what feels good? This is something I want you to think about. Pause the podcast right over here, think about what feels good between you, your partner, your coworkers, your peers. You can take it step by step, start from each one and think about it. What feels good? Pause right over here. All right, so if you just paused, welcome back. Why did we ask you what feels good, okay? Encourage more of this, but also the opposite of this could be a place that you can set limits, okay? Or expectations. For example, it feels really good when my partner compliments me and um, notices how hard I'm working to have a beautiful body, okay? Let's say that feels good. The opposite of that is when your partner doesn't notice you when you ask them for feedback on what you're wearing and doesn't, and and maybe talks negatively about your body. So you could set a limit there, guys. It is okay to set limits, okay? We need to have like a blueprint that we share with others to show them it's not so clear. We think that it's clear. Like we think, why don't they realize, okay? But we need to, to make it very clear for them guys and enforce this limit consistently, okay? Make it very clear and like advertise it so that they're, they're aware, okay? We're gonna talk about this in a little. So what, the limit, what could the limit be in this, in this case? The limit could be, you're not, um, sorry, I don't like it when you speak negatively about my body. I don't like it when you ha- use any put downs that relate to my body, it makes me feel really insecure and really sad and lonely and and just anxious, that's not okay. Guys, that's a limit, that is a limit, that is totally okay. You can also set the expectation of them noticing what you wear when, when you ask for their feedback, okay, and complimenting you. If that's what you want, guys, and that's what you need, don't be ashamed about it, we are all different, we all have weird things that we love or that we want done for us and that's okay, that's just part of life. We're all different. However weird you think what you want and you love is, okay, except for extreme cases, they're, they're, okay, but we're not talking about that. Your partner probably has some like weird things that they love when you do for them too. And, and that's just, okay, guys, we shouldn't hide who we are in a relationship. We should just make it really clear to to help our partner know how to treat us in the ways that we wanna be treated, okay, and, and guide that. So now I want to quickly, before we get to the next question, because I know that many of you have this already, um, talk about how to make our limits clear, um, how to make them like well advertised and how to have them consistently enforced respectfully, okay? What does this mean? What does this look like in a relationship? Those are the three things that we talked about in the beginning, which is really important for, for limits to be successful. Okay, with the example of the speed limit and the fence and the alcohol uh, age limit. Okay, how do you make your limit clear? You tell your partner, okay? You can even make a limits board, okay, of, of what you expect from each other and like what's okay, what's not okay. Maybe you think it's cringy, but guys, it works, okay? There's nothing clearer and consistently reminded than a board on, on your fridge, or in your bedroom, or wherever you want to put it, that reminds each other what your limits are. This also hints as to what your soft spots are, which we talked about in a past episode. And guys, if it, if it helps your relationship get better, who cares? Okay, honestly, who cares? How much would you pay to make your relationship better? Okay, would, would you, like, now what if you just make a board? like with with your limits if if you're willing to pay to improve your relationship, why aren't you willing to make a board because you think it's cringy or something and just have it on your in in your bedroom okay it's It's helpful for a lot of people it might be helpful for you too so um our okay, so our limits. So one of them is, is you make a limit board. The other one is you tell your partner through having a discussion, you arrange a time to specifically talk about limits. You, you can say like for 10 minutes every week or 15 minutes every week, we're going to have a conversation where we go over how we feel we're treating each other with respect to our limits. You can do that. It's not, it's not disrespectful to, to do that, to, okay, to ask for what you need. It's just part of of helping your partner learn how to be a better lover for you. And, and they may get insecure about this, guys. Remember, a lot of people are insecure about their ability to be a good lover. But what we can do is we can just acknowledge this insecurity and come from a place of understanding. Maybe they won't be ready to have this discussion the first time we want to have it with them because they've never actually thought of their limits before. But if we just continue to assure our partners that they are good lovers and we are satisfied with them and we are here to stay, Okay, that we feel safe with them. That's so important. But we're interested in doing this to get better. Okay, and like and like that. Uh, then it's it's a good time. And also, you should do this. Like especially if you're in a good time in your relationship. So you might think, like, oh well, everything's good right now. Why should I have this discussion? It's because it's going to be much easier to have this discussion while things are good. Because when things get bad, you know, it, you know, eventually, that like sometimes there are hiccups in a relationship, it's just going to be much easier to have this kind of discussion while things are good. Partners are generally more open and curious and creative to learn and take on new things together while things are going good. It's kind of like what we talked about in the episode on the emotional bank account is you want to build it when times are good. So you have more of it for when times are bad. Okay. That's like a, like a safety net. A lot of people have like a uh, an emergency fund, okay? So if someone got you know loses their job, they have enough to support themselves for three months or six months. This is kind of like what you're doing by when times are good, having this limits discussion. okay? And if you do it every week, if you give yourself an opportunity every week to talk about it or even every day, you can ask them something as simple as how's your love tank, which is how love do you feel? How much do you feel I'm respecting you and and guarding your limits, Just every day, just ask yourself, how's your love tank and, and talk to them in advance to tell them what you mean by this love tank. The left tank. I first heard from Gary Chapman and the five love languages, and there you go, guys. You have an opportunity, okay, to share how you feel. Like you have to create this opportunity, and and it's beautiful once you have it. It just makes things so much simpler. Um, okay, so that's that's what we talked about when for advertising the limit. Okay, the board, the consistent conversation, or the asking, how's your left tank? Um, how do you make it clear? You tell them very specifically, like what it is. You have to think on yourself. It's actually going to be harder for you to think very clearly on what the limit is than, like, telling your partner. You have to first think about it. The hard part is thinking about it first. Many people struggle in with communicating their limits because they just don't know, like, what to say. Okay, because they actually don't know what the limit is. They have to really think about it, and it's okay if you change your limit, you have to tell tell your partner, okay? You can have like a draft one, draft two, you know, final draft. And also guys, remember in our stages of our relationship, we have a maintenance stage. People change, okay? Like our values are gonna change, our limits are gonna change, but we have to just keep communicating over time so we can ensure that we're, we're like respecting those boundaries as they change, okay? So that's how you be clear, okay? We said well advertised, we'd already talked about that with the board, with the frequent conversations. Now I wanna talk about the last one is consistent. Guys, this is so important and we don't do this enough because we're scared to be assertive, but this is actually like, I would say maybe, well, not that they're all very important, but like extremely important and not done enough is you have to be consistent. Guys, Don't, don't like if they break your limit, okay? It's easier in the moment to do nothing about it and to just let them pass your limit and pretend like nothing happened, okay? because people don't like conflict. A lot of people are actually scared to do something that might cause conflict because they just don't wanna be the one that engages in it. But guys, it's more beneficial to deal with this now, okay, as it's happening, then don't say anything. Because like our example at the beginning with James and Sam, if James says, okay, I'll stay home with you, then he's gonna regret it, guys, for weeks, months. It may damage his friendship. The relationship is gonna fizzle out. If he can't express himself, he's gonna feel suffocated. And you are going to feel suffocated too. Your relationship will, well, very likely, have negative consequences that come in the future if you don't allow your limits to be enforced, like to be guarded. You have to enforce them, guys. It's like the same thing with the drinking age, with the speed limit, like with the fence. You have to enforce them, okay? How do you do this consistently every single time? Every, 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 every single time that your limit is broken, you have to right there, right there in that moment, okay? Say, this is against my limits, this is not acceptable, okay? And enforce it, and if your partner is angry, remember we said first rescue, um, try calm down first, try have them calm down first. You can always talk about it in more detail afterwards. Um, It might be causing fire to the fire. If you think saying it in this way may aggravate the situation more, but say it anyway and then help them calm down. You need to make it extremely clear, guys, when the limits are broken. And we know this, we know this already from, from parenting and from children. Guys, if like, you have to guide a child to do something through a lot of positive reinforcement. We, you know, a a child doesn't always do something the first time we tell them to. If you don't have children, I'm I'm sure you notice this with like friends and that you have from school or or brothers or siblings, you know, like you have to remind them guys you have to consistently remind them and guide them we know this already from other aspects in our life we have to apply this to our relationship too many people think oh well i told them already they should have noticed okay but just keep keep reminding them i know it's annoying but just keep doing it and it's going to stick eventually it might take a long time if it's not working over a long time guys there, there's you know other avenues you can go which we recommend anyway um like like um professional counseling or or reading more other resources. Cause guys, we're not experts on this show. Like everything here is for informational purposes only. Okay, we're not experts. Um, but it's just a good place to start is through being consistent every single time that you feel like your limit was passed, you have to say it. And if you don't notice in the moment, but you notice afterwards, you have to say it to your partner every time, okay? That's how you be clear, consistent, and well advertised. With, with your limits. Okay, and um, we, we talked about at the beginning that if you do this, you're gonna feel better about yourself. We talked about the chicken versus the egg. You have to value something to feel like you need to protect it. But if you protect something, you're going to end up valuing it, okay? So, so important. Now, I want you to think about some other ideas on how you know where to set your limits are. So the first two questions that we discussed are, what hurts and what feels good? The next one that I wanna ask is, what are you willing to give up, okay? What are you willing to give up for the relationship? So these are things like, let's say, I don't know, you really like dancing, I don't know, every day you've been going to a dance class, but now that you took on this relationship more seriously, you have a little bit less time to, um, to practice this hobby, or like let's say you became a parent, you have a little bit less time, maybe you're gonna go down to twice a week, okay, instead of four times a week. Um, so that would be an example of something you're able to give up. But let's say you still wanna do it twice a week, you're not able to give it up entirely, so that's a limit where you're not willing to give up could be a limit. It's totally okay to have it. If you feel like you just can't give it up, that's a limit, I need to have this, okay? Like, I, I need to guard this and I'm gonna protect this time, that's okay. Um, another thing you can think about is like, how close do you allow others to get to you? Like, what's an example when somebody got too close or when you felt you got too close to to them? Did you start to feel like this was too much? Like that's the limit. You can think about this. You can know, you can try to really think about when that moment occurred and then that can be your limit. Like when you get to this point, that's not okay anymore. And you communicate that and and you can think about setting it up in advance too, to like stop it from getting to that point, Like, like leading the conversation away if it gets to that point. Another thing is like at what distance from someone do you begin to feel anxious or uncomfortable. This is like, so we talked about too close. Now we're talking about too far, like with your partner, it could be like emotional distance too. At what point do you feel uncomfortable? So like, this could be a limit too. Um, when you get close to this, you you say like, okay, it's not okay. I, I I need us to get back to where I'm comfortable, like in this range. And you can just communicate that to your partner. Like, hey, my outer, you know, I'm starting to feel anxious um, or I think that eventually, you know, if this continues, I'll feel anxious and uncomfortable. We need to work on this. That's okay. It's okay to say that. And um, there are many strategies that you can use to, to feel closer. Most notably is leaning in, okay? Leaning in, like taking opportunities to share emotion with each other. Remember we said when the bank account is low, it's gonna be like hard to do that. You can think of it kind of like, like, um, like, like, oil change in a car, like when the oil is low, it, like, it gets harder to move the gears. But um, when the oil gets a little bit higher, when the bank account gets a little bit higher, it just gets much easier. It's like the flywheel. It's hard to start, but once you start, it's much easier to get it to keep moving. Okay. Um, so over this episode, we're going to wrap it up around here um, we talked about limits, why they're so important in helping you feel valuable in parenting and also useful, not just outside your relationship, but everything else in life. Like we need to make limits on how we talk to ourselves, how, like what is okay and not okay to tell ourselves. Um, because a lot of people have very negative self-talk and it's not okay. And they know that it's not okay, but they allow it. Guys, we need to like be clear with this and make a commitment to not allow it and, and protect it, Okay. And then as we protect, we'll feel more and more valuable. We talked about some questions to understand where our limits are. Those ones again to review, what hurts, what feels good? What are you willing to give up and not give up? Um, How close can you get? At what distance do you feel uncomfortable? Okay, like if it's too far or too close to. Um, Finally, Uh, Some people, we we talked about how some people don't feel comfortable being assertive. Maybe their culture doesn't promote that they're assertive, Um, but you need to just express your needs, okay? Maybe you grew up in a family that wasn't comfortable with you when you tried to express your needs. There's a whole bunch of reasons why we could feel this way and think this way. And that's, that's, okay, it's okay that like, Whatever experience happened that we feel this way today happened, okay? Like it's there. Um, but I, remember we said growth is, is recognizing when things aren't working out and, and working to make them better. We've been growing our whole lives. This is a great avenue that we can grow in in the future. So um, recognizing that it's a problem to to say no to requests, for example, that, that like are against your limits, um, if you're not able to do that, it's a problem or, or to allow things to pass when they bother you. Um, now, now we're not saying that you have to be really, really strict and, and say, you know, and don't allow many things to pass, but, but really just think about like, what's critical for you, for your health, for your you know, mental health, for your sense of safety, guys. You have to guard that, okay? Um, and the first step to guarding it is, is just recognizing that you're something that's worth guarding, okay? That you're valuable it's gonna make everything else in our lives much simpler once we guard the things that are the most important to us. And and we're kind of doing this already in our life. Like, you know, we do have basic limits of like what's not okay for a stranger to do, okay? And like expectations of the way that we're treated, but we can just work on this further by thinking about it more. Um, really, really taking the time to think about what our limits are, like what what really, really is okay and not okay. A lot of us don't really have this this thought process, and then sharing that with our partner, we can even do like a team building with our partner when where we ask our partner, you know, what do you think? I I don't like it. Like, do you, and they'll be like, oh my gosh, I noticed that every time I do this, you look away. Like, boom, your partner can help you too. Um, and also when when you communicate your limits, you you make it so that your partner can communicate theirs too. You want to set the expectation that both of you feel very comfortable just communicating what you need from each other and what's okay and what's not okay. Remember we talked about the blueprint analogy where you know people are complicated and you have to get to know them. And it's not, it's not so simple. You don't just get to know somebody through hanging out with them for a while. You also need to have these kinds of conversations to make sure that you really understand and just get to know the things that, that don't come up so often. Okay, so we are out of time um, with this podcast. We're going to continue the discussion in the next episode with how to protect our hearts the smart way. It's it's a continuation of that idea on limit um, applied specifically to dating with some really interesting analogies um, that we're super excited to share with you. We've been developing those analogies for quite some time and planning this episode. Uh, If you wanna sneak peek, how to protect our hearts the smart way is already up on our blog at learnlove.ca slash blog. You can find it there along with a bunch of other great articles and tips. Um, If you want a specific thing on the show that you haven't heard, send us an email at contact at learnlove.ca. We'd also love to hear your feedback. What did you think of the exercises on this episode where we asked you to pause and think about the question? Was that something that you want to see more of in the future? Let us know what you think. Contact at learnlove.ca. We'd love to hear from you. We are super excited to continue planning uh, for our next episode and videos. We have some videos in preparation that are gonna be shown on our website. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you found it meaningful. And I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening.